chapter 14. Let's read one verse together. And it is verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. Somebody say move forward. Come on, say move forward. Turn and tell somebody close to you. Say move forward. Mm. Yolanda, move forward, sis. Move your family forward. Move your grandchildren forward. Move forward, woman of God. It's time to move forward. Move forward, God commanded his children. Father, we thank you for your word today. Already it's active. Already it's starting. Already it's accomplishing what you have intended it to accomplish. And may it not return to you void. May it, in fact, accomplish to every detail what you intended to accomplish today. Give us ears to hear, hearts that are completely open and receptive to receive. And we give you all the thanks. We give you all the praise. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Well, everybody have a good Thanksgiving. How many had a good Thanksgiving? Karen, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Did you have a blessed Thanksgiving? Did you get around the table with some family? And friends, I love it. I love it. That's exactly what I did. Did you eat too much? See, I ate too much. How many ate too much? You'll just, you'll tell the truth and shame the devil today. Come on, I ate too much. But wasn't it good? I'm telling you, I showed zero self-restraint. And I'm confessing to you right now. I love Thanksgiving. What a wonderful time of the year. What a wonderful day for us. A time that we can, in fact, gather with family and friends, as Karen said. A time where we can, at least for us, part of our tradition is getting the games out. We've got a game day. After, after we eat more than we should have, we get the games out and we enjoy, we enjoy that. But more than our traditions, it's a time for us to reflect. It's a time for us to look back. It's a time for inventory. And I've tried to encourage you all along the way, coming up to Thanksgiving, take inventory, reflect, look back over this year and see all that God has done. And I think as we do this, we will find God's been good, God's been kind, God's been faithful. God has, in fact, provided for us. I know there are people right here today that you're struggling, you're going through difficulty right now. That's the most important time for you to take inventory. That's the most important time for you to look back and reflect. As you start to count your blessings, as it were, you'll find there's far more in the plus column than the minus column. You'll find that God did far more good than the enemy ever could do bad. He's healed our bodies. He's delivered us from bondage. He's supplied all of our needs. He's protected us from danger. And most importantly, He has saved our souls and given us the greatest gift ever given. He's given us the gift of everlasting life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is anybody thankful here today? Come on, let's just one more time. Give God all the thanks. Give God all the praise. Come on and offer some gratitude from your heart today. Hallelujah. God's been good. He's been faithful. He's kept you. You're alive still today. We didn't do your funeral over this last year. You're not laying in a hospital bed right now. You're not imprisoned in some penitentiary somewhere. Here you are in the house of God, in your right mind, giving God thanks and praise. Hallelujah. God's been good. But if we're constantly looking back at what God has done, we better be careful we're going to run into something. If we're just constantly looking back to what used to be yesterday, yesteryear, we can't move forward properly. We've given God thanks for what He has done. It is time for us to reposition ourselves, take a deep breath, shake off the dust. It's time to move forward. Anybody ready to move forward? It's time to move forward. God commanded His children, move forward. Go forward. 
You ever seen a car on the side of the highway stalled out? Maybe they ran out of gas. Maybe somebody hit them from behind. Maybe just one of the plugs came loose. But whatever happened, here they are on the side of the road, stalled out. You're not supposed to be still on one of the freeways, especially in Southern California. You better be moving. You better be moving forward. But one stalled car on the side of the freeway has the potential to slow down hundreds of other cars. There's the looky-loos, right? Just checking out what's going on. But you can't do that going 70 miles an hour. You've got to slow down to 40, 45, 50. And that just, it's like a, it's like a pebble in the pond, it, just the ripple effect. The risk of accidents increases. One stalled car will slow down hundreds of others. So it is with the Christian life. There are too many stalled on the side of the highway to heaven, not moving forward. We are not designed to stay still. You are not created to be in neutral. With the, with the believer's life, in no phase of a believer's life can one stand still. We either move forward or what? We slip back. Or we slide back. You ever heard the term backslide? Backslidden? Backslider? Well, there's really something to that. You're not designed to be still only in that you are waiting on the Lord. But even in your waiting on the Lord and stilling yourself, you're still propelled forward. If you stall out too long, if you stand still too long, not only will you not move forward, eventually you start moving back. God's chosen children, God's chosen people in our text here, Exodus 14, they're finally released from Egypt, finally delivered from bondage. They're moving forward as best they can, and bam. They come to an impasse. They come to an impossibility. They come to a, a place where there seems no hope. The Red Sea is before them. The enemy is behind them. But even under impossible circumstances, church, God commanded his children that day, move forward. And his command to them is his command to us. Move forward. One more time, why don't you find somebody and just look them right in the face and tell them, move forward. Come on, move forward. It's time, sis. Move forward. Move forward. Keep in, keeping in mind that as we move forward, you'll always be moving from something. You may be moving through something. But always, we are moving to something. So what are we moving from? Let's, let's look at this today. What are we moving from? Moving forward from what? Well, for the children of Israel... They were moving forward from a country. They were moving forward from Egypt. Egypt represented everything that they wanted to leave behind. Egypt represented opulence. Egypt represented indulgence. Egypt represented sin. This was the land that they were moving from. Egypt represented a labor like none other. It was unavailing labor, really. We can go back to the first chapter of Exodus to really understand the 14th chapter better. Exodus 1.13, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, 
and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. They just basically worked God's people. Well, they worked them like Hebrew slaves is what they did. Sorry, I couldn't resist. They worked them for no reason. They worked them because they had the power, they had the authority, and whatever we say goes. So they made them make bricks whether they needed them or not. I believe that they would just build buildings because they had this surplus of bricks. Because God's people were laboring in a way that wasn't even fruitful, wasn't even productive, didn't even really have purpose. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse number 1, Unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. I don't want to work for nothing. When I work, I want it to be fruitful. I want it to be productive. You know, I owned my own painting business for a number of years before I got into full-time ministry. And actually, even as we were in ministry, I had this painting business to help supplement uh, the income because it was hard to make a living uh, on the road in evangelistic work. And so I had my painting business. It was called Mustard Seed Painting. And um, God was very, very kind to bless this little seed, this little effort. And He caused it to flourish. He caused it to grow. And uh, it was really wonderful. I liked doing that because when I finished, there was this visual and by the way, Pastor Moses and your team, I, I'm so thankful for the way this church looks. The stage looks wonderful. And we had some help with uh, many, many volunteers. I know, Ken and Linda, you were kind of spearheading, but could all those who helped decorate the foyer and the church please stand? If you were here over this weekend helping us decorate, we just want to take a moment to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. It looks wonderful. And uh, we are so appreciative today. I liked uh, finishing a job, and, and when, the, when the owner came in, it was just, they would leave out, and the, the walls would be one way, and they came back in, and it was, it was transformed. So, I remember one, one client, she, she hired me to do uh, her formal living room. Now, she had a, a bit of money, and uh, so she had a lot of things to move. It was a big room, and it was a big job. She asked me to paint this formal living room, and so I did my, I did my best. And uh, she came back in. Everything was put back in place, and she looked up at it, and it was a peachy color, kind of a soft peach, and she went up, and she said, you know, I think it's just a tad bit too bold. Now, she picked out the color. She bought the paint. And I, at first, I, I, it kind of made me mad. It's like, I worked hard on these walls. But then it didn't make me so mad because she's going to pay me to redo it anyway. So and it gave me another week's worth of work. Hallelujah. But I felt like I've done all this work for nothing. Mine really wasn't so. This is actually how it was for the children of Israel. They were just laboring for nothing. It was unavailing labor. Not only that, they were moving forward from unrelenting Slavery. If you've got your Bible open, you, you may want to follow along with me. I'm going to be in Exodus, these first 14 chapters, quite a bit today, and it'd be easy for you to follow along. Exodus 5, for instance. Look at verse number 7 there. It says, you, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather the straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it. For they are idle. Therefore they cry out saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Not only were they laboring for nothing, they were slaves. They were imprisoned here. Held captive against their will. And so finally, the, the slave drivers say, well, we still want you to make the bricks that you've been making the same amount of bricks that you've been making, only we're not going to supply you with any of the supplies that you need. 
You're going to have to go and find the straw. They would supply them with the straw. There was a big mud pit, and they would make these bricks with straw and mud. And there was a, uh, there was a model, a uh, mold there that they would use, and they would make these bricks day in, day out, day in, day out. So finally they say, well, just for fun, why don't we take away the straw and let them go out into the field and find whatever they can find. And they still have to make the same amount. Unrelenting slavery. This is what they are moving from. It's important, church, that as you move forward in the strength and in the power of the Holy Spirit, always remember what God has brought you from. Always remember. What God has brought you from. Remember the bondage that you used to be in. They moved from unavailing labor. They moved from unrelenting slavery. They also moved from a place of restricted worship. They were not free to just worship when they wanted, how they wanted, where they wanted. They had strict restrictions on their worship. Exodus chapter 8, flip over there with me. Look at verse number 28. Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away, and I want you to intercede for me too. He told them where they could go, when they could go. He was even telling them what he wanted them to pray, what he wanted them to sacrifice, what he wanted them to do. Exodus 10, verses 8 through 11. So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones going? Here he is, nosing in in an area that he shouldn't have. Who's going here? Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds, we will go. For we must hold a feast to the Lord. Here's worship again. A feast to the Lord was an area of worship. And he said to them, the Lord had better be with you when I let you and the little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, and who are... Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. One more here in Exodus 10, 24, concerning restricted worship. Pharaoh called to, to Moses and said in verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 24, Go, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be kept back, and let your little ones also go with you. So my point here is they couldn't even worship God in the way that they wanted. They couldn't even worship God when they wanted. Do you know there are actually people in the world today, they're restricted in their worship. Do you know that people lose their lives today for worshiping the God that we're worshiping right now? There is a war, I don't know if anybody's heard about this yet. <laughs> it's over worship. It's over worship. It's over our God who is alive and living and all-powerful versus their God, small g, who's dead and gone. We are blessed. I, I, don't, I don't think we take time to really appreciate how blessed we are in this regard. We get up whenever we want, and if we feel like it, we'll go to church. And if we don't, well, we won't. There are people around the world who would do, they would just give anything to have the freedom that we have in worship. And yet we treat it as though it's optional. I'll go if I want to go. If I've got something else more pressing, church gets bumped. I know nobody wants to hear this today, but I'm going to say it anyway because I love you. I think it's time that we make going to the house of the Lord and worshiping with God's people the priority that God makes it. I really do. Because there could come a day, even, even here in the United States, there could come a day when things could change. And I believe there will come a day, in fact. I'll say this. I believe there will come a day when things will change. I personally believe that I won't be here to see that. I believe that I will be caught up in a rapture 
But I'm telling you, when the trumpet sounds, things are going to change here. There is a remnant that will be saved, but they're going to go through hell, literally, hell on earth, to get to heaven. I don't want to go through that. I want to be, I want to be ready right now, and I want to be raptured away when the trumpet sounds. <laughs> Hallelujah. Take time to give God thanks for your freedom in worship. They're moving from this restriction in their worship, slavery in, in, in chained and, and, and bound, laboring for naught, laboring for nothing, moving from Egypt, moving from that place of sin. Not only they're moving from something, remember, we're, we're always going to be moving from something, but sometimes we got to move through some stuff. I'm talking about wading through some stuff, dragging through some stuff. So let's look at this. What are they moving through? First of all, they're moving through fear. If you've got your Bible open, you'll just have to see this. I didn't ask them to bring it up on the screen, but verse number 10, look at this. When Pharaoh drew near... The children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid. Now, I could say to you, don't fear, right? In fact, I've encouraged you many, many times, don't fear. We don't have to fear. But fear is real, and fear comes to all of us. Every person in this room for one reason or another, at some time or another, you will have fear. So I think it's foolish for me to say, don't fear. I will say, don't live in fear. And I'll say this, when fear comes, it should be a signal for you. You can't, you can't determine whether fear will attach itself to you. You can just determine if it's going to stay or not. Fear will come. You lose your job. Anybody lost the, their job in the last three, four years? Several people. I knew several people in this room. How are you going to pay your bills? I mean, fear comes with some territory. But we do not have to fear. We do not have to stay in that place of fear. We don't have to stay in that land of fear. Some people just live in fear. I think that's what the Bible's talking about. Don't live in that land. Fear's going to come. The doctor calls and says, we've done all that we can do. You've got inoperable cancer. I don't know of anybody who would not be afraid of that at least for a while. But don't, we don't have to live there. We rise above. We learn to conquer. We learn how to let the Holy Spirit lead us through fear. Fear's real. Fear's a part of life. But don't live there. They were afraid and they had to keep moving forward. They had to, to trudge through the fear. In verse number 5 of our text here in chapter 14, it says that he would harden Pharaoh's heart so that he would pursue them. How many of y'all think the enemy breathing down your neck and hot on your heels would be a reason to fear? I think so. Fear will come. We've got to move forward through it. They also had to move forward through complaining. Look at verse number 9. The Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them, camping by the sea. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, is that why you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than it would be to die in the wilderness. They longed for the bondage. They longed for the imprisonment. They longed for the slavery. They, they longed for the labor. That's how the enemy does us. You know, 
The Bible says that we have the power of life and death right here. In the tongue lies the power of life and death. And sometimes, folks, we're going to have to move forward through some complaining. Now, this church has done its fair share, and I believe we've had several churches share of moving forward through complaining. But thanks be to God, this is not a shotgun sermon that I'm trying to get two or three people and hopefully they'll get it. This isn't like that. God has helped La Palma Christian Center and closed the mouths of those who have complained. And we ought to be thanking God for that because complaining will stifle. Complaining will stall out. Complaining will distract. And we've had it over the last five, seven years. But God has helped us. Church, I believe we are more unified, La Palma Christian Center, today than we have been in many, many years. I believe we are more more harmonious. We are more united. We are more one. Imagine now as a unit, as as a, a cohesive team, cohesive family, us moving forward. Now, if by chance the enemy should start to plant the seeds of grumbling and complaining in someone, do me a favor and just tell them I don't want to hear any of that. This is how we stop it, by the way. And again, I I couldn't be more thankful that there's nothing really going on right now. There will always be some of that. But we have to be careful, church, of complaining. Moses was the target. The man of God normally is. Because you're depending on me to hear God and to speak for God, really. So we've got to be careful. And we sometimes just have to move forward through complaining. There will also be obstacles in the way. Another thing that we have to move forward through, obstacles. How many think the Red Sea could classify as an obstacle? You you think it might qualify an obstacle? Red Sea. They're surrounded. They, They can't go to the left or to the right. They're pinned in, the Bible tells us. They're completely pinned in. And they can't go back. Even though they longed to go back, they couldn't even go back now if if they wanted to, which they did. An obstacle. Sometimes there's roadblocks, and they seem impossible. Well, we can't go to the right, we can't go to the left, we can't go back, and here's the Red Sea. But see, we've got to stop viewing the obstacle with our fleshly eyes. And we need to be praying that God would give us spirit eyes. That we're able to see beyond the obstacle. And begin to move in the supernatural realm. We like that safety zone. We like to see the results. We like to see what the the risk is. And then we'll decide if we're going to step out. God doesn't work that way, folks. Let me just tell you something. God does not work that way. He requires us to be obedient. He'll make a way for us. He'll show uh, His miraculous hand. He'll move His miraculous hand. But He does not negotiate with us. And too many times we want to see everything first. There'll be obstacles ahead for us, and we have to just keep moving through them. Remember, the enemy is, is hot on their trail. Another obstacle. And you will always have an enemy. And you have an enemy right now who's doing everything in his ability to make sure his job description is fulfilled, to make sure that his destiny is fulfilled. The enemy comes only but to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10. You'll always have that. You'll always have an enemy wanting you to fail. You'll always have an enemy wanting to pursue you and bring you back into Egypt, bring you back into slavery, bring you back into sin. You've got to keep moving forward through the enemy's attacks. Move forward through your your obstacles that are there before you. They had the heat burning down on them through the desert time. An obstacle. They had hunger that came to them. An obstacle. They had thirst that came. An obstacle. But God commanded them, and He commands you today, move forward. Move forward through anything that might come up in your life. Just keep moving forward. And don't ever forget, we're moving to something. 
There's something ahead. There's something better. There's something God has said. There's something God has, has promised. Move forward to what? What are we moving forward to? First of all, we need to be moving forward to God's promises. Somebody say amen right there. Come on. Move forward to what God has promised. That's what they did. That's what I want us to do. Look at what God promised in chapter 14, verse number 13. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more and forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Right here in two short verses, God gave a promise to His people. He promised them peace. Do not be afraid. He spoke peace to them. He said, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. He promised them salvation. He promised them the destruction of their enemy. And He promised them victory in the battle. Has God promised anything to anybody in this room here this morning? Come on, has God promised anything to you? You need to move forward to what God has promised you. You need to move forward to what God has said you could have. You need to move forward into that person that God wants you to be, that God created you to be. Move forward to your destiny. Move forward to your purpose. God's promises are settled. God's promises are yes, they're amen. So be it. There's no negotiating here. Move forward to God's promise for your life. Move forward to God's guidance. Verse number 19 here of our text. And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them. You know, if you will just quiet yourself long enough, God will speak. Tina, I've never heard him shout at me. He usually speaks to me in a still, small voice. But if I just settle myself down and I quiet myself long enough, God will speak and God will guide. Move forward to what God's guidance is for your life. Don't take the chance on reaching into a hat and pulling out what you hope to be God's guidance. God will speak and God will guide. God will let you know what His will is for your life. He did it by an angel here. I love that. By the way, has anybody ever seen an angel? Mm -hmm. Wow, more, more this time. Several people. I bet that half a dozen or more have seen an angel. I, I don't, I'm not surprised at all. I, I, I would hope that somebody in this size of a crowd that are believers would see an angel. I have never seen one that I know of. I actually believe I've seen several and didn't know it. Because the Bible says, Be, beware, you may be entertaining an angel and you don't even know it. And I believe God has sent angels to all of us just to see what we do. I believe I've seen angels, I just didn't know it. But I've never actually seen an angel and knew it was one. But I believe that God still dispatches angels. And I believe that if we have the spirit eyes again, folks, we could, in fact, see an angel. And it might just be an angel that guides us. Some people have gotten goofy and loony on this end, and they've swung it all the way over, unfortunately, and they worship angels instead of the God of angels. I don't believe in that. I believe we have to be very, very careful when it comes to angels. They are created beings. They are here to guide. They are here to war. They are here to lead. But don't worship an angel. Worship the God who created the angel. God sent an angel to give guidance. He, he led them by a pillar of cloud by day, and he led them by a, a pillar of fire by night. Move forward to God's guidance, and he will guide us primarily through the book that's sitting in your lap, through the book that you hold in your hand, through the holy word of God. You will find God's guidance. Move forward to the, to the guidance of the Lord. Move forward to God's deliverance. Hallelujah. Verse number 22. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea. Listen to this. Listen to this. The children of Israel went forward into the midst of the sea on dry ground. Somebody say dry ground. 
They moved forward into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. Hallelujah. Do you know that God is just waiting to deliver you out of the hand of the enemy? Do you know that God is just waiting to set you free and demonstrate his power and his love for you? Move forward into God's deliverance. They move forward into the sea on dry ground. That's, that's like jumbo shrimp, right? What do they call that? Oxymoron. They moved forward into the sea on dry ground. They didn't even get their sandals wet, Roel. They didn't even get the bottom of their robe muddy. See, when God does something, He does it all the way and He does it perfectly. Move forward into God's deliverance. And don't wait for God to move first. See, we like God, will you move first? You let me see how you're going to do this and then I'll decide. He said, move forward. you got to take that step. you got to take a step, and it looks like it's going to be wet. It's not going to be wet. God's going to make a way for you. But he's waiting for you to activate your faith. He's waiting for you to step out into what he said for you to do. Move forward. Move forward into God's triumph. Oh, I'm going to try to read this. This blessed me, and it's going to bless you. Look at verse number 23. The Egyptians pursued, and they went after them into the midst of the sea. Let me pause right here. Now, it'd be nice to think, okay, God's got the walls up on the right and on the left, and he's already displayed his miracles in such a way that I'm just sitting here with my mouth open. I'm so dumbfounded. I'm so, I'm so overwhelmed by what God has done for me. But the enemy's still pursuing. See, God's going to do something for you so spectacular, so wonderful. Don't stall out too long just looking at what He's done. There's still an enemy that's pursuing you. There's still an enemy trying to, to, to take you back to bondage, right? So let me get this again. Verse 23. The Egyptians pursued and they went after them into the midst of the sea. Obviously, they got to go on some dry ground too, it looks like. All Pharaoh's horses, all Pharaoh's chariots, all Pharaoh's horsemen. Now, it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. Here's his guidance again. And he troubled the army of the Egyptians. This, this just made me laugh right here, verse number 25. And he took off the chariot wheels. I mean, you think that through for a minute. He's about to destroy them. The water is about to come on them and totally annihilate them so that not one is living. But God does this. I, it, just, it just made me laugh. I think he just kind of smiled here. Not only am I going to kill you, I'm going to make it difficult for you to pursue any further. He took the wheels off their chariots. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. So they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, but one, at least one of them got, got, kind of got the light. He said, we better flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses obeyed and stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much of one of them them remain. As you are moving forward, remember that God has, will cause you to triumph, and as God triumphs, we triumph. The horse and the rider were thrown into the sea. He delivered them from the hand of their enemy. Move forward into the triumph that God has for you. Move forward into the miracles that God has for you. Notice their clothing didn't wear out. Notice they were provided food. Notice they were provided water. Notice that they were healed as they went through. Notice the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. God did miracle after miracle for these people. Is He the same God today? Come on church, is He the same God today? What God did for His people then, can He not do it for us today? Move forward into the miracles that God has for you. You don't have to be diseased all the rest of your life on earth. Move forward into the healing that God has for you. Watch God display His mighty power in your life. Dare to believe. There's too many, too many believers that don't believe. Too many Christians that will not risk 
asking God to do something the doctors can't do. Move forward into that realm of supernatural, that realm of miraculous. Move forward into the land that God said you could have. Bring up Deuteronomy for me. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Somebody say a good land. Good land. Mm, one more time, come on. A good land. Yeah, he's bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. I want you today to move forward into that land that God said you could have, the promises that God has promised you. Move forward into... God's guidance for your life while you're here on earth. God's deliverance. God's triumph. Don't go back. Don't even long to go back. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing there for you. And even though the journey may get long, there'll be obstacles. There'll be complainers. Unfortunately, sometimes we're part of the complaining bunch, aren't we? Mm. You've got to keep moving forward through some things. I want you to bow your heads. I know that today there are those in this very room, you're stuck. You're, you're stalled. Hmm. Today, we want to help you. You know, I remember when I was 16 years old, huh, I'd worked hard to buy my own car. And I got myself a Dodge Coronet, 1974 Dodge Coronet, Robert. Hmm. It's long blue, it's bright blue, about as bright as your shirt, and had a black top on it. It really wasn't all that then. Now it's kind of a collector's item. I didn't care if it was all that then. I owned it. I bought it. It was mine. And I was driving at 16. But in Indiana, in the winter, it gets slick. Anybody ever drive on any ice, snow? And when you're 16, you don't know how to drive anyway. I remember this one winter... It was icy, snowy, and I lost control of my blue Dodge Cornet. Started slipping and sliding, and I thought I'd lose control, and I tried to fishtail it, tried to do what they tell you to do in the driving school, right? It was, it was too far gone. I'd lost control, and I was sliding, and, and my, my backside, the rear end of the car, just went right into the ditch. Boom. And there I landed. And I tried to rock it out. I tried to roll it out. I tried everything I could to get out of the ditch on my own. But I was stuck. I was stuck on the side of the road. Now remember, I was 16. We didn't have cell phones when, we, when I was 16. I couldn't just call. I had to get out of the car and trudge through the, the ice and the snow and go find a kind someone to let me use their phone. And I called Dad. Dad came and he got me out of the fix. He got me out of the snow, pulled me out of the ditch. I just feel like somebody here, you're stuck in the ditch. 
we're going to pull you out. Because if you stay stuck too long, you're going to start moving backwards. How many know someone today, they were once a believer, and now they're not? It happens so, so quickly. It happens so, well, easily. I don't want it to happen to you. Not while we're around, not while I'm around, not, not on my watch. If you're stuck, we're just going to push you out. We're going to help you. Now, I want you to bow your heads again. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, this is so for me. I, I, I'm, I'm just stuck. I'm in neutral. I, I, I want to move forward and I just, I, I can't. I'm struggling. Pray for me. If that's you, I want you to stand right where you are. And before we leave here for lunch, we're going to pray for you. Yes. Come on. Don't stay stuck. You're not designed to be stuck. You're not, you're, you're not designed to be in neutral. God has created you to move forward. And we're going to pray for you today. If you are here and you feel stuck, I want you to take another courageous step, and that is to move from where you are and come right here. Come to the front here and let me pray for you. Elders, I want your help, please. I have decided to follow Jesus. Come on, everybody. I have decided. Listen, listen. No turning back. Nothing to go back to. The cross before me. Egypt behind me. Egypt behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. No, no. Though none go with me, go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me. I need some ladies to come and stand with my sister here. Come on, give me some spirit-filled ladies that will come and help me. I need some spirit-filled men who will help me pray right here with these gentlemen. Some more spirit-filled ladies right over here. Come on, move, please. Help me. I have decided. Don't you dare turn back. Don't you dare turn back. No, 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 no. Jesus. God help my brother today. God help my brother today. Help my brother today. Ask him, say, Father, help me. Jesus, help me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back.
turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Come on, no turning back. No turning back. No, no. No turning back. Just one more thing before we go. I have to make sure that everyone's heart is right and you're ready to meet God. The only way any of us are permitted into heaven is through Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you're here today and you're ready to accept God's plan for your life, which includes surrendering to Jesus and asking him to forgive you of sin, I want to pray for you before we leave. If you're ready to accept Jesus into your heart, Lift your hand right now and let me know so we can pray with you before we dismiss. Anyone? Anyone? Don't delay. Don't hope for tomorrow. The Bible makes it very clear today is the day of salvation. Is there anyone you're ready to give your life to Christ? Why don't you stand all across this congregation? No turning back, no turning back, say that, no turning back, no turning back, one more time, no turning back, I'm going to have Pastor Moses dismiss us in prayer, but just before he does, I want to encourage you, if at all possible, be back tonight. We're going to have basically a part two to this, and I've entitled it Finishing the Race. There's plenty of people that started the race, plenty of people that got in the race, but that's not enough. We are called to run the race and finish the race. I want you to come, if at all possible, tonight at 6.30. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence in this place. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, Lord God. Father, there's nothing like a word in due season. Father, we are so grateful this morning. Lord God, I think of that scripture that says, we fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, I pray that we would fix our eyes on you. Lord God, as we go throughout our journey, Father, as we walk this walk, as we run this race, Father, I pray that we would keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord God, and that we would not look back. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And everyone said.